Good morning, Celebration Church, and greetings from the Holy Land, the land of the Bible, the land of Israel. I'm over here with a uh, group of pastors, and we've been getting a very intense tour going to all the sites uh, throughout Israel that we read about in the Bible. It's fascinating. Uh, today, we spent a great deal of time uh, around the Sea of Galilee, uh, and here's where Jesus did so many of his miracles, just walking around that sea. Well, it's really a lake. They call it the Sea, Sea of Galilee. But where he did so many of his miracles, that's where he walked on the water uh, and uh, proclaimed the gospel to so many people. It was a fascinating experience to be actually walking on the shore where our Lord himself had walked. Uh, kind of an interesting situation today. Uh, we were out there on the boat on a, uh, going across the Sea of Galilee, just leisurely uh, enjoying the scenery and reflecting on uh, where we were uh, when all of a sudden we hear this big boom and uh, we didn't know what it was and then pretty soon some of the people from Israel were getting warnings on their phones about a high security alert thing. You know Israel is surrounded by enemies, uh, big countries and Israel is a small country and there's really big countries around them that hate their guts and it's amazing how God has blessed them and protected them uh, through uh, all the attacks. Anyway, what had happened was some Iranians had sent in a drone crossing from Syrian airspace into Israeli airspace. I don't know what they were trying to do, if they are trying to blow something up or... I don't know, who knows? Uh, anyway, the, Israeli, the uh, Israelis saw it, uh, shot it out of the sky, and in retaliation flew into Syrian airspace instead of blowing up Iranian sites. I think it blew up like 17. I mean, it was a major hammering. Now, we didn't hear any of that because that was pretty far away, deep into Syria where they were hitting these sites. But apparently one of, you know, their anti-aircraft guns had hit one of the F-16s that the Israelis were flying. They bring it into uh, Israeli airspace. The pilots eject out. Uh, they were both okay. One, I guess, got injured but, but, but living. And, uh, and the plane crashes. That was the big boom that we heard. And then instantly the whole country goes on alert. We were right at the foot of the Golan Heights. Uh, they were getting tourists out of there in case there were any retaliatory, retaliatory strikes from Syria. Uh, but after several hours, everything calmed down. Uh, it's a different world. I mean, we're very blessed where we live in the United States of America. And we don't live under threat of anybody or anything from the north or just the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> we get along pretty good with those guys. But it's a whole different situation here. It was really something else. Anyway, it's been amazing to be here. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing some of the things that uh, I've seen and experienced here when I get back with you. I want to thank you for your patience as I've been taking time off, uh, just a mini sabbatical. Uh, typically, when pastors take sabbaticals, they'll take six months to a year off uh, just to kind of recharge. I've never done anything like that. But after everything with Deb and stuff, I thought I should take some time. I thought it'd be a month. It looks like it's going to be a little bit longer than that. But we'll be back soon uh, with all of you. And we've had some great pastors and speakers come that have blessed the congregation. And I just appreciate your patience and uh, understanding. Uh, and uh, looking forward to being back with all of you. Don't, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're not like the uh, children of Israel 
that uh, Moses brought out of Egypt, you know, that's when he told Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, I ain't letting them go. And God brought one plague after another. And finally, he gives up. And uh, God, you know, splits the Red Sea. They cross over. They get out of Egypt. And they are now a free people. 400 years of slavery, and now they're free. And Moses comes up to this mountain and says, listen, God wants me to go up. I'm going to see what this is all about. And this is when God gives him the Ten Commandments, right? So Moses goes up. The Bible says he was 40 days going up there and having this experience of coming back down from this mountain. By the time he got back, these guys had completely given up all their faith in God and had made a calf, a golden calf, and were worshiping a cow. And they're dead and naked around this cow. In 40 days! Can you ask about as long as I've been gone? Uh, so thank God you guys are a lot more patient than the Israelites are. And I'm pretty sure when I return, I won't see a big golden Guernsey up on the platform. Anyway, I just want to encourage you to keep staying strong in your faith. Keep growing. Keep loving people. Keep inviting people to church. Uh, again, great ministries that we have. Great speakers at our church. Uh, wonderful pastors that are there. It's nice to know that's not all on my shoulders or it's not all about me. At the end of the day, this is all about Jesus. And that's what we're celebrating. So anyway, I just wanted to say hi. Greetings to all. Have a great Sunday. Open your heart as the word of God comes to you. And we'll see y'all real soon. Bye-bye. All right. Good to hear from Pastor Mark, isn't it? We... Uh... We do look forward to having him back. If we could all stand up together wherever you are at, whether you're here in Green Bay, joining us at one of our campuses, online, wherever you are, let's all stand together. Let's say this. This is who we are. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's all say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good to be with you. Uh, my name is Bob, one of the pastors at the church. Uh, and so if you're joining us at one of our locations off-site or online, good to be with you here today. Um, Pastor Mark will be back soon, and uh, we've been uh, fortunate to have some great preaching here. Have you guys enjoyed the different preaching that's taken place? I have, but it'll be, uh, it'll be great to have Pastor Mark back. Uh, today is Mission Sunday, and uh, we've got a kind of a special treat here today. We've got different mission teams that get together from time to time at the church, and this week on Saturday, we're sending off a team to Haiti. So if that's you, if you could come on up, we want to pray for you this morning. Let's give them a hand as they come. We've got a... 
We've got a picture of the team if you want to leave that up. Uh, they are represented from all of our different campuses, so not all of them are here in Green Bay, not all of them may be in this service, but there's a picture so you can kind of identify who the group is, and uh, they are going to Haiti, drilling a freshwater well. So one of the things that we connect in with uh, when we talk about missions at Celebration Church is clean water. And uh, we've been doing this for a lot of years now, and every year, actually during December, uh, we do raise money to drill freshwater wells. So a lot of you know gave towards legacy. Uh, one of the lanes that we have with our legacy giving is international missions, and uh, so thanks for giving towards that. Uh, that giving helped to fund the construction and the maintenance of that well. That well's good for over 20 years. Uh, they can go as many as 30 years, and then there'll be some maintenance done to it where we're providing clean water into a community. And uh, Haiti is one of those communities where they get a lot of help from it. And we get a chance to go and uh, just share the love of Jesus while we're at it. So we want to pray for this crew that's here. If you're joining us online or at one of our campuses and you're going on the trip, we're praying for you as well right now. But let's all join together. Let's pray over our team that's heading out on Saturday. Uh, God, we just come before you right now. We thank you for the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. God, you said in your word uh, this idea of feeding those that are hungry, uh, clothing those that are without, giving shelter to those that don't have it, giving water to those that are thirsty. And Lord, we have this opportunity to just go and meet extremely practical needs that bring tremendous health, that bring greater success to those communities, and we get to share the love of Jesus all at the same time, and do good in your name. So God, I just pray for your protection over this team. I pray that it would be a life-changing event in their lives, everyone that's going, God. And we thank you for this, and we give you praise, and uh, we just thank you that we get to play a part in what you're doing in this world, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's give them another hand clap. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. So they take off Saturday. I also wanted to let you know, kind of update you on the program that's taking place at the church here over the next several weeks. Uh, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. I asked uh, our Wednesday night, we had a Bible study. I asked them, do you guys know what Wednesday is? And on Wednesday nights, if you don't know, we've got a Bible study and apparently all of the really holy people come on Wednesday nights because they all shouted back, Ash Wednesday. I'm like, it's Valentine's Day. But uh, this Wednesday's Valentine's Day. It's also Ash Wednesday. If you haven't looked far enough in advance, April Fool's Day is Easter. So holy cow this year, right? <laughs> what is going on? So yeah, we've got uh, Valentine's Day. Ash Wednesday is coming up. And so uh, nothing says I love you like some ash smeared on your forehead, right? Nothing says I love you like I'm going to die someday. And that's kind of the idea with that Ash Wednesday service is that we all come from dust and to dust we're going back. And it, it's kind of a sobering thought and it's a good chance for us to really think about our lives and uh, the impact that we're making and how we live it. And so that's a great service and it really sets us up 
for the season of Lent. So I'd encourage you, join us on Ash Wednesday. Uh, uh, Ed Gunger is going to be joining us, Bishop Ed Gunger. So uh, he uh, has some great insight into Ash Wednesday, into Lent, these various things. So he'll be joining us on that Wednesday night. It'll be a great service and really setting us up for that season of Lent. And then he'll also be preaching this coming up Sunday. So that's a lot of fun. I know a lot of you really enjoy Ed Gunger when he preaches. Uh, So come on out. We hope you're able to join us Ash Wednesday. Wednesday is a tradition that uh, the church has been a part of for over a thousand years, and it really is a chance for us to turn away from our own way of doing things. It's a chance for us to repent and to remember our own mortality, and then afterwards, then you can go have a fun date night, right? So we hope you join us. And then uh, Lent, what we're going to be doing during Lent on our Wednesday night Bible studies, it's going to be great. We're doing a series called Making Room for God. And uh, so on Ash Wednesday, you'll actually hear about some of how that works, but then during Lent, the next six Wednesday nights, uh, it'll be a little different program. So we'll do Ash Wednesday this coming Wednesday, and then the following Wednesday, we'll be doing the Making Room for God series. And what's that, what that'll be is a 15 to 20 minute, just short teaching And then what we're going to do is we're going to break into small groups throughout our facilities. So at every one of our campuses, we're doing that. So we'll gather into smaller groups of eight people or so, and uh, and we'll discuss the message that we just heard. We'll have facilitators at each one of those gatherings of eight people where we'll talk about that message, and then we're going to finish the evening with soup and bread. So what we're encouraging you to do is to fast on Wednesdays and during... During Lent, maybe you'll be fasting all during it. And on Ash Wednesday, you'll hear more about fasting and uh, what that all means. And then, uh, but we're encouraging you at least, if you're able to, to join us with fasting on those Wednesday evenings. And we'll break that fast by having soup and bread together. So it'll be a lot of fun. And at all of our campuses, we've got sign-ups for that. And uh, there'll be a lot of people, so we need to provide a lot of soup. So if you want to sign up to do that with us, we'd really appreciate it. You can do that in our lobbies uh, and do that at all of our campuses. We'd love it if you can participate, maybe sign up for one or two of those. Uh, Well, today's message, uh, as you know, in January, we went into a season of prayer that we called 21 Days of Prayer, where we kind of asked this question, what would our lives look like if we just put God first? If we put God first in our lives, what would change? What would be transformed in our lives? And one of the best ways you can do that is by building the discipline of prayer in your life. And a lot of people joined us uh, where we kind of gathered together corporately at all of our campuses and our sanctuaries for a time of prayer. We got together really early in the morning at 6.15. It was a little bit of torture, but it was a lot of fun. And a lot of people gathered a good habit in their lives of prayer. And uh, prayer is our opportunity where we can talk to God. And uh, so we spent that time about us having a good dialogue with God. And then on this last Wednesday, I want to kind of carry a little bit of that message forward to today. And it's about God talking to us. And one of the best ways that you can have God speak to you is to dive into the Bible, to get God's word inside of you. And so today I want to talk about kind of going to the next level in your journey with God. How many of you here at all of our locations, let me see a show of hands, do you like to play video games or have you ever liked to play video games? Yeah, all up around the room, we got some video game players in the room. There's all kinds of video games these days, right? It's on our cell phones. Uh, It's on Facebook. Anyone playing Candy Crush? Oh man, come on, Candy Crush, that's not a real game. Yeah, now the hands start shooting up, right? 
Candy Crush, but there's one common objective when it comes to playing video games and it's getting to the next level, right? You got to get to the next level. When I was a kid, I really did like playing video games and uh, the video games that came out when I was a kid was the Atari. Anyone remember Pac-Man? Yeah, now that's a video game, right? Uh, Frogger? Yeah, Frogger. My, uh, I remember we'd play Frogger at night. Me and my brothers, we'd be playing. My mom would be like, it's time to go to bed. So we'd go to bed and then we'd crack open our door and my mom would be playing Frogger till like three in the morning. <laughs> she had to just get to that next level, you know? So she got on the Atari, played some Frogger, and then the Nintendo came out and you had Mario, right? Dun, 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 Mario World, right? And Mario was all about getting to the next level. How about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Anyone like playing that game? Oh, that was a game, man. And uh, I remember uh, one game that became really popular when I was a kid, and it was one I could never win because they only gave you three lives. And it was this video game right here. I got a picture of it. Contra. Look at that. Now, that was a game. Now, when I was a kid, video games showed guys smoking cigars. Man, smoking was like fashionable when I was a kid. Remember that? Everyone smoked, even the guys on the video games. In Contra, they gave you three lives. And I remember playing that game, and one day, a friend came over to my house by the name of Ben Nussbaum. Doesn't that sound like a guy that knows how to play games? Nussbaum. That's a guy that can play some games. And he grabbed the controller, and he did this thing called a cheat code. Now, the cheat code was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. Anyone remember that? Yeah, a few of you remember that. Now, uh, man, I got a call just the other day, someone saying, what's your phone number? I can hardly remember my own phone number, right? I don't call myself. But if someone would have said, do you remember the cheat code from 30 years ago on Contra, I could have repeated it like crazy, right? Because it's been drilled deep inside of me. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. And when you did it, they gave you 30 lives. And you could make it all the way to the end and you could defeat Contra. That was a game. Well, prayer, that's one of the spiritual cheat codes in your life to go into the next level. Uh, reading the Bible is another one of those cheat codes. And what we want to do at Celebration Church is help you go to that next level in your faith. Help you continue to grow. And it's important because when you grow as a Christian, you will begin to experience more peace, You'll have more joy, you'll have more patience, you'll have a good ground underneath you, a firm foundation that no matter what life throws at you, you're not shaken by it. This is transformation, and it's about continuing to grow in your faith, where you become even more aware of what God's doing in the world. As you grow in your faith, you get to have more spiritual eyes about what God's doing in your job, in your community, with your neighbors, with your friends, in your church, things begin to make more sense and you're able to be more of a blessing to others. So to set this up, I want to take a look at Paul in his letter to the people at Philippi. It's a letter about joy and it's also a letter about spiritual growth and really the two ideas, they're highly connected. So let's take a look at Philippians chapter one and starting in verse three, it says this, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
And then it says this, being confident in this, that he who began a good work, it's God that started that work inside of you. It wasn't anything of your own doing. It was God that started the work. It says that he that began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul here is saying that God started a great work in our lives and that he's going to continue doing that work until Jesus comes. That no matter how much you feel like you may be struggling, this morning maybe you feel like you're really distant from God, no matter how much you continue to fail, God is faithful, so just keep on running towards him. Turn away from your sin, repent, turn your back towards the sin and turn your face towards God. God is always there, he's waiting for you and he's faithful. God that started the work inside of you will be faithful to complete it. And that's some great news. It's a wonder, amazing news because that means that it's not all on your shoulders, right? Because if it was all up to me, I would fail this thing called faith. But God is doing a work inside of me and God is doing a work inside of you. So if you want to take a look at what it means to go to the next level, you're going to have to see how can I participate with what God's doing in my life because we've got a role to play. There are some things that you can do in your life that will help you grow closer to God right? There's all kinds of ways you can go to the next level in life, right? Like you can go to the next level with weightlifting, right? Making gains. Uh, Like you don't start bench pressing 400 pounds, right? You start just doing a little bit and then you make some progress. Or if you're running a marathon, you don't start by running all of those miles. You start by taking walks if you've never ran before. And then walks turn into jogs and jogs turn into longer runs. And then eventually you can run a marathon that you can go to the next level in all kinds of areas. You can take your business to the next level. Man, you can take making burgers to the next level, right? You know, there's plain cheeseburgers, but then, man, you can put all kinds of things, guacamole and eggs and all kinds of things go on burgers these days. Uh, You know, I mean, you can even take laziness to the next level, right? So if you're here today and you've never taken anything to the next level, maybe you'll resonate with taking laziness to the next level. Take a look at some of these guys that took laziness to the next level. Man, go back to that picture. Man, this kid here... He is so lazy. Man, my kids, they like to watch movies on their iPads and stuff like that. This kid's so lazy, he can't even hold his phone to his face. That's pretty genius, though, don't you think? Maybe your kids want to try that out. Don't show them that picture. If they're not here, don't let them know about this trick, right? Watching movies like that. All right, look at this next guy. Look at that security guard, man. He just put up a poster of a guy running security with a big old shotgun. And he's taking a nap. There you go. You got some security. That's taking laziness to the next level right there. What, what else do we got? We got one more? That might be all we got. All right. You can take laziness to the next level. But what about our spirituality? How do you take your spirituality to the next level? The reality is in faith, all of us kind of start at the ground level. And this is really where you've said, you know, I believe I believe in Jesus. I put my faith in you. It all starts right there. And then going to the first level in your faith, I'm going to call be fed. We all start in our faith needing to be fed. If you're going to grow in your faith, 
You need to be fed spiritually. Jesus talks about this idea when you come to faith that it's like being born again. It's like a second birth. Now, I've had four babies. Actually, I take that back. I said that wrong. My wife's had four babies. I have not had four babies, but I have raised four children, and I know what it's like to feed babies, and babies don't do a whole lot of feeding themselves, do they? You got to give them a bottle. You got to do the whole, I've done the airplane thing, like, and in their mouth. But eventually, kids grow up, and if you're still feeding a baby when they're four years old, something's wrong with that baby, right? Like, when they turned four, my kids started sneaking into the pantry and finding the candy drawer, right? And they start feeding themselves. They start looking for things all on their own. So level one is about getting fed. And we all need to be fed. This is everyone's faith journey that you need to be fed. It reads on in Philippians chapter one. Paul goes on to say in verse nine, he says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight. This is a journey that we're all on being fed. So you start your journey at level one, being fed, but you don't want to just stay at that spot. It would be like, you know, I took my, my kids and I, we all went to Disney World last year. So, what, you know, if you just went to Disney World and you paid the ticket to get in, you go through the gate and then you just sit at that front area, how many of you know you wouldn't experience all that Disney World has to offer, right? If you just stayed there and you're like, well, I'm inside Disney World, I'll just sit right here, man. There's a lot to enjoy inside Disney World. How many, how many like Disney World? Man, there's two kinds of people. You either love it or you hate it, right? Either you love it or you think it's like D the DMV for kids. It's just endless lines. I love Disney World. Had a great time. Man, there's Magic Kingdom. There's It's a Small World. After all, it's torture for little boys. But if you don't leave Disney World singing that tune in your head, you didn't experience Disney World. You got to go in and experience all that Disney World has to offer. So you don't buy a ticket and go in and just sit at the gate, and faith is like that. And trust me, following God and going on this journey is the happiest place on this world. It's not Disney World, it's following God. So you gotta go in and experience all that God has for you. So you go in, what is this next level of our faith? You know, a lot of people, they get hung up at that getting fed part. You'll hear people say, you know, I just, I don't feel like I'm getting fed anymore. You'll hear that a lot in Christian circles. I'm not getting fed. And a lot of times they think, you know, I need to hear something else preached. I need to hear some deeper theological truth. Well, the reality is a lot of people in that situation, they'll go jump to a different church thinking, you know, hey, if I could just get a different teaching, man, then maybe I could really get fed once more. But I promise you, that is not the way to grow in your faith. Growing and just finding another teaching is not going to help you grow in your faith. The next level in your faith is not someone feeding you, but it's you feeding yourself. Can I get an amen? You know, we don't see a lot of this at Celebration Church because a lot of you learn the cheat code of up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. A lot of you have gone to that next level. You're feeding yourself in your faith. So level two is feed myself. This was a big part of 21 days of prayer. It's a big part of reading your Bible. So this morning, I just want to kind of expand on Wednesday night's teaching about diving into the Bible. So if you weren't here Wednesday, hopefully you can go back and listen to that. But I want to add a few more thoughts. And it's these words from Jesus in John chapter 8. He talks about holding on to the word. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching. So you got to hold on to it. 
Some people hear it, but they don't hold on to it. Jesus says, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciple. So basically, Jesus gives the challenge to those that hear the word to hold on to the word. And he says, if you hold on to my word, then you're my disciples. So he gives us the challenge and he says, if you do it, then God's got a promise. He says, then you will know the truth. Now that word know is taking it from a position of just hearing it to a position where it actually gets drilled deep inside of you and it begins to transform the way you think. It transforms the way you operate. It transforms your life. So when that happens, then it says this, if you can put that verse back up. It says, then the truth will set you free. So where you have challenges, where you've got struggles, where you've got hangups in your life, and we've all got them, we'll all have challenges in our marriages. We'll all have challenges in our relationships. If you want to have a challenge in your marriage, just don't get your wife anything for Valentine's Day. Men, get your wife something for Valentine's Day so you avoid that challenge. But we all have challenges with raising kids in our career, with our money, with our emotions. There's different areas in your life where you have challenges, but Jesus says the process for growth happens when you take hold of the word of God and it actually begins to transform your life. And that process is being called set free. So you go from it being in your head to actually defining you and it becoming a foundation in your life where it's drilled deep inside of you. So how do you do that? How do you hold on to things? Because holding on to things can be really difficult in life sometimes. Uh, we did 21 days of prayer. We, a lot of you also fasted during that time. I was fasting during 21 days of prayer. And every time I fast, you know, I'll lose a little bit of weight. But what I discovered is the weight that I lost was there last night. I found it in the chips and salsa. It actually wasn't lost at all. I found right where it was, and I ate it and welcomed it back, and we got reacquainted, and it was wonderful. <laughs> it can be hard to hold on to things, right? It can be hard to hold on to money. It can be hard to hold on to relationships, you know, Valentine's Day is coming, and it can be hard to hold on to the Word of God. So how do you hold on to the Word of God? Two quick thoughts as we wrap up. The first way you can hold on to the Word of God is to say, you know what? His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So when you run across something in the Bible that you think, you know what? I don't get this. Or I don't know if I even agree with this. What you need to do is approach the word of God with the idea that his thoughts, they're higher than my thoughts. I'm not gonna put my opinions above God's opinion. That's the first way. The second way is to say, you know what? I'm gonna make this the foundation of my life says this in Matthew chapter 5. It says in verse 24, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, so working this into the everyday parts of your life, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You want to build your house on the rock? You want to have a strong foundation? You build it on the word of God. That's how you build a strong foundation in your life. But reason will try to war against it. 
Tradition sometimes wars against it. Maybe you grew up in a church uh, that was filled with all kinds of tradition, but it started bending on the word of God. And you thought, man, if I can just hold on to my tradition, then this will mark my faith. Your faith won't be marked by just simple tradition. It's got to be defined by what God actually says. That's how you build the foundation in your life. And one of the biggest mistakes people make with building their life is building it on feelings. Feelings have almost become like a religion to people. A lot of us grew up hearing words like, you just got to be honest with your feelings. But I'm here to tell you, don't be honest with your feelings because your feelings won't be very honest with you. It's kind of like that old Almonds Joy and Mounds commercial. Remember that? Sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. That's your feelings. Your feelings will be all over the place in your life. If you try to be honest with your feelings and say, that's how I'm going to build the foundation of my life is I just need to be honest with how I feel. I promise you that tragedy is right around the corner for you in your life. Do not build the foundation of your life on feelings. Your feelings will not be honest with you. Do not be honest with them. Build your life on the foundation of God's word. One of the greatest places and examples you can see in the Bible of tragedy and chaos being built around people's feelings is a book in the Old Testament called Judges. If you read through Judges, it's a group of people. They didn't submit to the king. Their lives were a complete mess. It's total chaos. And in the very last verse of Judges, it says this. Judges 21, verse 25. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Everyone just said, I'm going to live my life by how I feel. I'm going to make feelings the foundation of my life. And tragedy is throughout the entire book. So how do you make the Bible the foundation of your life? Number one, when you approach something you disagree with or you don't get, say, God, I'm going to go with what you say. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate. I'm not going to let my opinions. I'm not going to let the world's reason. I'm not going to let that define me, God. I'm going to let your word define me. And number two is is obedience. When you get something from the word of God, you got to obey it. If you simply just hear it and you don't put it into practice, I promise you, you're not going to even get half of what the Bible has to say. You're not going to understand that if you live life by the way the Bible has oriented life to live, there is blessings on the other side of it. There is peace, there is joy, there's patience, there's healing, there's success, but it all starts with obedience. So you've got to start putting it into practice in your life. That's how you build your foundation on the rock. So number one, you got to be fed. Number two, got to feed yourself. You got to start feeding yourself. And as we close, I won't spend any time on it, but it'll make complete sense when I say it. Level three is you got to feed others. You got to get to a position where you're feeding others in your life. One of the best ways you can do this is find a place to serve. At all of our campuses, there are hundreds of ways that you can serve others where maybe you've been sitting, getting fed for a long time, and maybe you could go work in our youth group and mentor a seventh grade boy or an eighth grade girl. Or maybe you could serve in our children's ministry. Or maybe you get out in the community and do things. Or maybe you serve your family more or your friends or on your job but get out there and feed others. Maybe it looks like going on a missions trip, doing things with your life where you have the opportunity to take the stuff that you've been fed, the stuff that you've been feeding on, and now give it to others. 
Let's pray. Father God, I just pray for everyone here. And Lord, I pray in particular right now for those that haven't made just that first decision to follow you. Lord, as we get ready to take communion at all of our campuses, Lord, I pray that there would be those that have not surrendered their lives to you that would do that here today. And I ask for that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bob.